Oh man. Um, to this day, me and one of my best friends is Sam Thompson, one of my uh, roommates from Ohio State. Ah. And we would all, we would just say that we believe the NCAA tournament is the, it's the best co- like the best basketball atmosphere. Obviously, we have, we have never played in the NBA playoffs championship like that, but I mean the NCAA tournament. It feels like it just feels different because yeah. you understand that people who might not even watch college basketball will tune in for the NCAA tournament. Everybody's making their bracket. Everybody's watching these yeah. games on these Thursdays yeah. or Sundays. It doesn't matter who you are, like what your job is, what you do in your life. You're going to pay attention to March Madness. Definitely. So I mean, we just we obviously loved it. I mean, the type of attention you get during March Madness, um, going around campus, just everybody telling you, like, we're, we're rooting for you, obviously, but, like, don't mess up our brackets. Like, it's just like a, <laughs> a weird feeling, but it's just a great feeling to have, though. What's up, y'all? Back with another episode with the Amateurs. Um, today we have the Scott brothers, man, both doing their thing on and off the court. Uh, Sean working with, you know, Under Armour doing his thing with the grassroots basketball and uh, Shannon playing professionally in the NBA and overseas, man. Thanks for joining us. Nah, I appreciate y'all having us. Yeah, I appreciate y'all. But it's come on yep. here for real. Yep. So, so how's everything been going with y'all, man? <laughs> um, well, I mean, it's, you got it, Sean. It's been a quiet summer, a quiet summer, but uh, no, things have been going well. I mean, um, that's one thing with grassroots basketball, even without being able to have a presence due to COVID-19, um, our company is still all in on grassroots. They see that it's a key way to market and get our message out to the masses. So um, staying busy, but uh, mm. staying at home, which has been a gift and a curse, but enjoy <laughs> it. Let's do it. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's been it's been different for sure. I mean, I got back home in um in March. Never been home that early, ever in my life. Even since playing high school ball, we always playing up until March, April. Thinking hey, you started, so I mean, it's been different for me. Mm. Um, like y'all know, first couple months because of COVID, having to find a gym to get into. Everywhere was shut down. Nobody wanted to open up anything. So yeah. your first time getting back on the court was about like July, August, and then Damn. the ball feels completely different to you. So, I mean, it's an yeah. experience for me. Exactly. Yeah. A lot of people that don't play sports, especially basketball, they don't really know about that. I know for myself, if I take three to four days off, yeah. I come back and I, my shot is broke. Yeah, so, to take off a few months, I know that that was tough. Yeah. My, um, my first shot, it just felt like a new sport again, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It's, it's like that sometimes. Yeah. But uh, we, we have a segment on our show uh, called the One Minute Warm Up. And uh, usually we give, you know, our guests, like a minute to answer eight to 10 questions. But since we have two guests today, we'll split it up. Uh, Jaren will kick it off and then, you know, I'll, I'll finish up. Yep. So we got we got you first. Uh, um, Sean, I got you first, man. Got <laughs> yep. All right. So I'll start the clock on um, on, your, on, the, on your first question, Jaren. All right. Uh, all right, so let's get into it. What's favorite favorite sports team? UNC Tar Heels. UNC favorite Tar-Hills. food? Steak. Uh, favorite rapper of all time? Wayne, Lil Wayne. Wayne okay. <laughs> uh, hidden talent that no one knows about. Great chef. Okay. okay. All okay. right, Shannon. Shannon, what's your favorite shooter hooping? 
Ready, guy? What's your favorite uh, sneaker to hoop in? Uh, I got to say unarmed right now. Curry 5. <laughs> gotcha. Favorite arena that you've ever played in? Kansas. Uh, best player of all time? Mike. And uh, what, what's, what's, what sport are you least talented in? Uh, least talented. I'm not going to lie. I played a lot of sports. And I was pretty good at most of them. Um, least talented, I'll say baseball. Baseball. All right. Just made it. I just made it. Mm-hmm. I know that that's, you know, y'all only two years apart. I know that's probably not y'all first win, first dub y'all got together. Uh, <laughs> but, but y'all are pretty close in age. So have you, did y'all play a lot of one-on-one growing up or what was that like? A lot of one-on-ones. Um, <laughs> we were, ever since he could walk, it, um, stepped into the ring of fire. <laughs> and I wish we still had VHS because uh, our parents or my mom more so taped the games. My sister did oh, man. interviews. Yeah, oh man! Oh man! Film. Nah, man. From time he was walking on till I graduated high school, it was one-on-ones, either inside or outside. Mm. That's dope. That's dope. Me, and Jan, and I, we've been friends since we were like seven. So dope. we both don't have any similar close in age so we we were basically doing that for each other yeah uh, we, we know exactly how those battles are <laughs> yeah. yeah but um, uh battles right there for real <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but uh you know we, you talked a little bit about family and we we did a little research on you guys and, and your dad he's a he's a legend Man. you know hall of fame first african-american to earn a scholarship at unc nba champ what what impact has he had on, on the two of you both on and off the court you want to take this one first, Shane, or you want me? Yeah, I got you. Um, I mean, obviously, people always saw our dad and just knew the, the accolades he has, the uh, type of career he had, and just assumed that everything was strictly basketball with us. Mm. But, I mean, you can ask me or anybody, anybody that I play with, all my friends that played under him, he kept basketball very basketball-related, and off the court, it was just that. I mean, he didn't try to really – make us feel like we had to do a basketball thing at all times or trying to be basketball minded at all times. So, I mean, we had a good balance between basketball and just being a, a, a dad and being looking out for us in all aspects mm-hmm. of life, really. Gotcha. Um, this, this next question is for, for both of you. So um, what is, what is your favorite memory, you know, as an amateur athlete? I mean, I was a team player. So uh, my been my, just my senior year of basketball, my senior year of high school, um, we didn't win the championship. We went to the Final Four. Actually did the exact same thing we did the year before. Mm-hmm. Won the region championship, lost in the Final Four. But um, it was a band of brothers. We uh, I went to the private school my whole life. So <clears throat> I think we had um, seven seniors, seven seniors. And then uh, it was the one year that Shannon was actually on varsity. So mm. the only year I played with him. And so that was just probably my favorite year of basketball. That's yeah, gotcha. um, for me, I mean, like his senior year, my senior year was a lot of fun. Um, just like Sean said, I had a bunch of guys with me that we all grew up together, uh, be able to play the same AAU team and high school team. So we were around each other, honestly, 24-7. So like the relationship we built on the court, guys I talk to every day today, I mean, we just really kept it going since then. So I mean, that was probably a big thing for all of us. Mm. And like I, I kind of want to expand on that, Shannon. You were, you know, state champ, Mister Mister Georgia basketball, McDonald's All American, you know, the whole nine. You basically hit every accolade that we dream of, of you know, accomplishing as high school hoopers. What was 
what was it like to to know that you were like one of the best players in the country? What was that experience like? Uh, I mean, obviously it's it's a great feeling. Um, I always tell everybody, man, I just felt like my job was so easy with the guys I had around me. I had a lot of a lot of high D one players with me, so I mean. Mm. Obviously, you look at my stats and stuff from high school. I didn't have the same stats that guys have who were previously had those awards. Guys who mm-hmm. averaged like 30, 40 points. But I mean, my team is always a team that was winning. Like, we went to multiple state championships and AAU wise, we always one of the top teams. So I mean, it's just great having that recognition, knowing that what I did on the court was the right thing to do. It wasn't always about stats, but the way I played the game was always going to be recognized. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And, and I, I like that you you touched on that because especially today in the social media area era. A lot of players think that they have to score 30 points or have yeah. to like have all the highlight plays and things like that. But I mean, you're a testament to just making the right play and being the team player and, and still, you know, accomplishing all those great things. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a, that's a big thing now. Everybody just wants to get, they want to see all the highlights. They see the guys like uh, the little kid from Cali, Mikey, or what's his name, mm-hmm. Mickey or Mikey, I don't know what his name Mikey, is, but yeah. getting like 70 points a game. Like, I mean, that's that's not going to be realistic always. And that's not the way that most people want to play with a player like that. Yeah, so, I mean, exactly. I, I took a lot of pride in just being a guy that people enjoy playing with. Yeah. Sure. And, and uh, when, you, when you guys were talking about the social media era, I was going to say, Shannon, what was the, I know you had uh, probably a, a tough work, a lot of workouts. Uh, your work ethic was probably crazy. So can you, can you tell everybody, you know, some, uh, you know, some of the workouts you were doing or what was that like, you know, training to be I mean, a McDonald's All-American? So, so honestly, back when I was in high school, about 20, 2009, 2010, 2011, we didn't have all these crazy social media trainer guys. I mean, the fact that I see kids now that have trainers like at six, seven years old, we never had any of that. We had our regular practice, we had AAU practice, and we left it at that. When you wanted right. to learn something, you went outside and just figured yeah. out how to do it. You didn't go pay a trainer hundreds of thousands of dollars they pay now just, uh, to work yeah. on something and your yeah. extra time. You went outside and you figured it out. So I mean, we did a lot of that on our own. I mean, Sean will agree with that. We went outside. You wanted to learn how to make a move. You wanna you saw someone on TV, you went outside and repeated it. I mean, it wasn't a big training thing that we had growing up. Mm. I know I know too, you know, you're uh far removed from college now, college days over with, but what advice do you have for student athletes, you know, in terms of what they should be looking for uh during the recruiting process in the program? Uh my my biggest thing is that they need a go somewhere that they feel like they can fit in and be themselves right away. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. think you need to go to a school where you're following a school name or you're following a person thinking you can be that person. You got to go somewhere that's going to fit your style and fit the way you're going to play the game. I think mm-hmm. um, after that, coaches and scouts, everybody's going to find you. You don't mm-hmm. have to go seek out for something. You don't have to go to one of the top schools to be a top player now. So I'm not that's a big part of it. Yeah, no, I mean, especially <clears> – <throat> After I mean going to college, I went to UNC. Uh, that that uh, program is one of a kind. I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and hype up UNC. I mean, it's, it's great, but uh, my dad and the Carolina family has always been like instilled in our veins, and so and some I just grown to love and grown to see. Like, I can be at an AAU event and I can run into a player that played in the '80s, and another UNC player could be like, "Oh, this is Charlie's son," and mm. you will dap up like we've known each other since I was born, and right. it's just a close camaraderie. But uh, what I would tell kids being recruited right now, just because I've been in the AAU world for so long, is like Shannon said, like, don't chase the name of the school. Like, <clears throat> what made UNC so great was because Coach Smith made a family atmosphere, and he always took care of his own. And 
that was something that has been instilled throughout um, uh, generations and decades. So uh, the college coach, he'll, he'll build a relationship with a player and he'll do right by the player. So find a good relationship as opposed to searching the name. Gotcha. And, and for the for the listeners out there, that's been a trend. Every time we ask former athletes, you know, advice on the recruitment, recruitment process, the relationship matters. Don't chase the big names. Yeah. I got yeah. a question. I mean, personally, I, I've talked to high school, I've talked to high school kids and they've even, they told me that I asked him, wait, like, what school are you looking at? He, he would name a couple schools and he would say, I mean, Kentucky too. I'm like, so is Kentucky recruiting you or you just want to go to Kentucky because Kentucky? And he said, well, if they offer me, I'll go. So my, I'd explain to him, like, they might offer you to be the, the 12 guy on the team, but you're not going to be Devin Booker when you get there, just so you know exactly. that. Right. So you got to realize those things when you get in situations like that. Yeah. How big was UNC of an influence, uh, you know, for you guys in, in making y'all a college decision, man? Like, was it always you guys wanted to go to UNC? I know, uh, Shannon, you didn't, you know, you didn't go to UNC, but was that something, you know, you guys consider, you know, since your dad went there? Um, yeah, I mean, well, you go first. Go ahead. Yeah, personally, I mean, like you said, I didn't go to Carolina, but just from growing up in the family I grew up in, we knew everything about Carolina. I could probably mm -hmm. still tell you everything that goes on Carolina today. So, I mean, it was always a big influence on me, um, mm -hmm. even to a point where I knew I was going to go to Carolina, but I still reached out to Coach Williams and helping me figure out where I wanted to go. Because I understood that he had mm -hmm. a good connection with other college coaches, and I, I mm -hmm. felt like he wasn't going to steer me in the wrong direction with that. So, right. I mean, like Sean said, that family atmosphere, just going from there and extending it on to guys who didn't even go to Carolina but have connections to Carolina is just a great thing. Mm. Yeah. No, I mean, <clears throat> like Shannon said, the Carolina family is one of a kind. So, like, Shannon's middle name is Dean after Dean Smith. Uh, mm -hmm. Coach Smith named his son Scott Scott Smith, and same with Roy Williams. He has a Scott Williams, and so I mean, Brown family is just something that's like very been near and dear to our hearts, and pretty much all we knew growing up. And it's funny that Shannon um, Shannon actually had the UNT room. I had a Chicago Bulls room. Shannon had a UNT room. <laughs> and um, like he said, Coach Williams helped him out during his recruitment process, and he let him know like he was not chasing the name as finding the coach that he had a good relationship with and the best opportunity for him. And at the time UNC had, I think three or four point guards on scholarship. So mm. time just didn't work out, but uh, mm. the family atmosphere that he wanted the best for Shane at the end of the day, was um, what made UNC special to us. That's dope. Right. And uh, so Shannon, what was, I mean, let's, let's transition to, to college now. Uh, you decided to go to Ohio state. Um, you know, you had a great college career. What was that like playing in the NCAA tournament? Man? Oh, man. Um, to this day, me and one of my best friends is Sam Thompson, one of my uh, roommates from Ohio State. Ah. And we would, uh, we would just say that we believe the NCAA tournament is the, it's the best co like the best basketball atmosphere. Obviously, we have, we have never played in the NBA playoffs championship like that. But, I mean, the NCAA tournament, it feels like – it just feels different because mm -hmm. you understand that People who might not even watch college basketball will tune in for the NCAA tournament. Everybody's making their bracket. Everybody's watching these games on these Thursdays mm -hmm. or Sundays. It doesn't matter who you are, like what your job is, what you do in your life. You're going to pay attention to March Madness. Definitely. So I mean, we just, we obviously loved it. I mean, the type of attention you get during March Madness, um, going around campus, just everybody telling you, like, we're, we're rooting for you, obviously, but, like, don't mess up our brackets. Like, it's just like a, <laughs> it's a weird feeling, but it's just a great feeling to have, though. Yeah. 
and uh this this one for you sean so going into college man did you did you know that you wanted to work in the sports industry or was that uh you know something that you knew a long time ago or you you know what i'm saying when you got to college you made the decision like yeah i want to pursue sports yeah so i mean um by the time i went to unc i did not go on scholarship so uh i think my basketball career was uh coming to an end very soon but uh <laughs> But uh, my father, he uh, he did sports marketing while after he retired. And so uh, when me and Shannon were younger, he worked for Champion, and he did all the cool, cool stuff that uh, that you want to see in a kid. So like we went to the All Star Games. He had access to all the championships, the MLB Super Bowl, uh, the Olympics in Atlanta. We had uh, tickets to opening ceremony. So like. Sports marketing was like an avenue I realized like you're in sports, but you're mm-hmm. not playing. And so uh, I kind of knew I wanted to do that. I just didn't know like how cool when I first got into college though. All right. So so how do you how did you figure that out? Because um, there's a lot of us out there, former athletes that want to work in sports and we have the same problem. We don't know how to get into it. So so what was that like for you? How did you figure that out and, and what was the path for you? Um so it was, I mean. I wouldn't necessarily say humbling, but uh, during uh, my last few years of high school, I was not playing AU basketball, but um, I was still lifting weights. I was playing high school basketball, but uh, Shannon's team was traveling. They were prominent at the time. And so I would help out with um, help out with them because they were somewhat of an upstart. And so uh, the logistics and the ops uh, day-to-day stuff, I would help out. And so I kind of learned the outside of AU basketball mm-hmm. without playing it. And mm-hmm. then um, – as Shannon's team got higher, um, higher up to the, the age groups, I saw this marketing side from uh, the Nike perspective. Mm. The first year of the EYBL, yeah. And so, uh, seeing how some of the people that he interacted with and how that stuff went about was uh, kind of eye-opening because, like, I got it, I understood it, I lived it, I've been doing it the last few years. And so, um, finding an internship that led me to back to grassroots basketball was a blessing. But uh, I got super lucky great time mm-hmm. and uh yeah i just got lucky i guess right <laughs> but but i mean i can see how you know, like that that set you up you know like you said seeing the inside and outside of that working with shannon's team and then ultimately working you know in grassroots basketball yeah. um but you know one of our goals with this podcast as our listeners know by now is to introduce careers within sports you know to them so you know a lot of people listening they of course might have played aau basketball but they might not know what their what their job will entail if they did work in you know grassroots basketball? So could you explain a little bit of you know about like what your job description is or what your daily tasks are, things like that? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, grassroots basketball, it's a uh, like the term grassroots from the ground up. So you mm-hmm. you pretty much do any and everything uh, from where I started. So um, it goes from uniform uniform design. I'm not a designer, but like <laughs> coloring up the set mockups based off the um, company's design or handling uh, outfitting of teams, figuring out the gear packages for the set season, uh, placing forecast orders with our uh, demand team, Mm -hmm. trying to figure out what sneakers we're going to have for the year, what cool colorways we can do for AAU, what sneakers we're going to use for seating uh, outside of what the team's going to order, putting on camps and events, whether um, the Elite 24s of the days or Mm -hmm. – we had our All-American camps, and now we're putting on our SC30 Select camp uh, year in, year out. So uh, things of that nature. Um, and then day-to-day is placing orders, doing a lot of 
scheduling, a lot of uh, planning, trying to prepare for the spring, prepare right. for the summer, mm-hmm. and then uh, just building building relationships, keeping in contact with players and coaches, and uh, making sure they all feel the love. For sure, yeah. For sure. And then with with all that going on, man, what was what was your favorite project, man, that you you were able to you know partake in? Oh man, uh, I don't know. Like the Elite Twenty Four, that was probably our, I think probably the best feeling uh, back in the day, just because it'd be the end all be all of the summer, and right after that we'd be done for a few months or a few I should say a few weeks, and so it's kind of a sigh of relief, but. You know, it's uh, it's the one event in which we had players that were not just Under Armour players, Nike players, Adidas players, and we were able to bring them to uh, Brooklyn, New York, and show them around the city, and then just put on an atmosphere that was not, I mean, it was an Under Armour put on event, but like, it was not about the sneaker brands, it was just basketball, and it, right. was, um, yeah. it was a very cool event. My dad used to play in Rucker Park, my little brother played in League 24 growing up, so mm. being able to put on that event, and watch it come to its fruition and see the planning and the, uh, the end goal. I think that was probably the best, uh, my favorite moment. Yeah. Sure. I used to love watching that too. Elite 24, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was, I was going to say the yeah. same thing. I, I just, even, even some of the things you, you talked about, like the photo shoots going of the kids going around the city and mm-hmm. things like that. All of that was just so dope to me. Yeah. Um, and I was growing up and watching that. Uh, yeah, but you you've definitely been a, a part of you know some some really cool events and, and projects. But what was your like I'm here moment when you were like, man, I'm really getting paid to to do all this all these cool things? What was that like for you? Um, I've been probably early on like it wasn't like I did anything great, but just like a sense of like like I said, I kind of lived the sport or lived the job. So um, I wouldn't say it was necessarily hard for me, but like. I'm like, am I doing this right? Like, I'm just like kind of doing what I should be doing. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> I think it was probably 2012 or 2013, or I guess my first year. So 2013 uh, at MVPA camp, I was working with some of the players, and um, one of the players went to his uh, went to his coach and he said, "Oh, we had a great relationship with the Under Armour guy. I would love for us to wear Under Armour." I actually want to. He actually stopped playing for that summer because he was training and so he got back on the circuit because he was like i'm feeling the love from under armor and so uh my manager at the time brought me into the room or and he was like yo i don't know what you did this kid wants to wear the brand for this uh for next year and ended up, ended up being carl towns and oh man cat was cat and that, <laughs> but uh going into his freshman year at kentucky Cat actually uh, wore Under Armour sneakers at the U, uh, Kentucky Combine because mm. he wore size twenty sneakers, and so <laughs> none of the Nikes built uh, were built to fit him. Mm. So uh, the love he had for the brand was something that was I was like, yeah. wow, like I'm actually doing something that's like making waves because it was a big headline. It's like Carl Towns wears Under Armour okay. at Kentucky headline. Uh, headline. Right, right. It was a big one in the office, so I was happy for sure. For sure, that's that's yeah. dope. I know it that. Is. You know, myself and Jaren, even as interns, we haven't fully made it into the industry yet, but we were always looking for little moments like that. We really yeah. feel like we're making an impact. Mm-hmm. So I know that that was dope to, to oh, feel yeah. that off back. Yeah. No, you couldn't tell me nothing at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, then, and then on the flip side, Shannon, what was your welcome to college moment, whether that was a matchup or um, a, a specific game? I'm not man, sure. What was, what was that like for you when you were like, man, like this, this is, I'm here now. Uh, like, this, this is different. Um, 
like I said uh, earlier, my favorite um, stadium to play in was Kansas. So my freshman year, we played at Kansas. Um, this is when we were ranked number, I said two in the country behind Kentucky. I think Kansas was top five. Um, mm-hmm. That when they had Thomas Robinson, like Jeff with the uh, Ty Chantel and them. But I remember being on the floor. Um, I mixed. I missed the box out. Like I was in the corner. I had to tag my man, but I was supposed to tag the uh, Thomas Robinson. I missed the box out. He got a tip dunk, and then Kansas started hitting that whole little rock chalk Jayhawk uh, chant. And then yeah. the floor, I, I swear the floor started shaking. <laughs> yeah. at, at that point, I was like, I mean, all right, I, I see what I see what this is about now. I see why. This is a top school. I see where I'm at now. I see what I have to do just to be able to fit in at this point. So, I mean, that was definitely a a life-changing moment right there. Yeah, sure. That's dope, man. I was going to say, for me, mine was was probably when I was at Western Michigan. We played UCLA. This one, they had Lonzo, TJ. Um, mm-hmm. They had everybody. They was, I think, number one in the country. Mm-hmm. But uh, they was blowing us out. And at the end, the whole crowd got the chanting like, you CLA. I'm like, man, this is crazy. Yeah. Like, seeing, that, seeing the whole yeah, crowd. Those, was, those crowd chants are different. And then once the radio yeah. starts really, like, moving with it, it's, it's a different yeah, feeling. It's you, like, crazy. It, it definitely grabs your attention when you're on the quarter, wherever you are, for real. Yeah. For sure. but, but that's that's the type of stuff that we dream about growing up and playing in those types of environments. But yeah. what was on, yeah, on, on other on the other hand, what was your favorite college moment? It might have been playing in the tournament, but what was what was what was that? Oh, for sure, the Final Four. I mean, um, mm. just that whole that whole weekend, just the whole build up to it. We went to find out we or we won the. Uh, East Regional beat Syracuse Elite Eight. So go back to school the next day. We get off the plane. So probably about four or five thousand people at the airport waiting for us. Driving to the arena, people still waiting for us, cheering for us. Going to class the next day. Teachers know what's up. They say, you know what? Don't worry about school. <laughs> after just go. You're ready for the tournament. All right. So we uh we leave out, head out Wednesday. Um, you know, hold everything up there. Go to New Orleans. Obviously, New Orleans is a great place to be at. Mm-hmm. Uh, go to the final four party go to the team party all this stuff and just get ready for the game and just seeing going to the superdome having that live practice where you see all four teams so you see about twenty thousand Ohio State fans twenty thousand uh kansas fans twenty thousand yeah. kentucky fans and twenty thousand uh louisville fans so just seeing everybody just like talking trash to each other out there <laughs> it was a great moment for real it was just a lot of fun man I've I've always wondered if teams are actually going back to class before no. you leaving leaving for yeah. us. <laughs> so I mean we have we have our checkers. We have to be at class. So, I mean once you get to that point of the, the March Madness and Final yeah. Four, I mean teachers know what's going on. They're not like oblivious what's happening. They're not gonna be yeah. like, yeah, you got a, a test due at, at midnight tonight. So be ready for that. <laughs> They're like, right. we understand what's going on in your world right now. We understand that sure. you're about to be gone for probably a week and a half. So I mean just go do what you got to do. Don't fall behind. Just, come back a winner so that's the biggest right. thing right and keep and keep that back that brackets intact <laughs> yeah exactly that's, that's, surprisingly that was a, such a big thing i mean I, I had somebody tell me um i think it was my my junior year they're like i got you in two games so don't mess this up so i'm like first of all you go to a house with me you, you're telling me if i if i lose if i win two games i'm messing you up now as a fan but like right people say that bracket serious i guess i mean yeah, yeah they do <laughs> yeah, that's funny. But um, you know, moving on to the pros, you know, you've had a lot of you know ups and downs. You know, going pro, playing D League, playing overseas, making a trip from the states to overseas, back and forth a few times. Um, but you know, as, as you as we all know, you you can't control what happens to to you. But 
Um, what advice do you have for other athletes that are, you know, that can relate to that and, and are trying to focus on like just the opportunity at hand? Mm -hmm. I mean, the biggest thing I had to tell myself was when you get to your highest moments, don't try to think that it's always going to be this way. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, you can go to a plane where you're flying on a private plane where you can get from L.A. to New York without having to see a single person of your teammates no. to being on a, a flight that's completely full on American Airlines where you're just trying to find a, the best seat available. So, I mean, you got to realize it's going to mm -hmm. be highs and lows. Don't let your highs yep. be too high. Just try to stay as humble as you can. Um, appreciate where you're at because at the end of the day, where you're at, somebody else wants to get to that spot, whether it's mm -hmm. the NBA, whether it's in the D-League, whether it's overseas. So, I mean, you got to take advantage of the situation you're in, but uh, don't ever let like, don't ever think that where you're at is not good enough, but always mm -hmm. realize you can always get better, of course. But I mean, that's the biggest thing. Mm. Gotcha. I was going to say, I, I think for me too, I tell Bryce this all the time. Like I'm at a point in my life where I'm even killed too, you know, like no highs, no lows, like accepting, yeah. you know, the good and the bad, but just keep, you know, just keep going. Like the biggest thing. Yeah, you for know? sure. Yeah. But, uh, what was what was that feeling like, man? Seeing uh, Sean, seeing your brother accomplish so much, you know, like in the sports industry, man. Like, how how was that feeling? Oh man, I was I was a proud brother. Like, <clears throat> um, when I was at UNC, it's funny because those four years uh, he was at Ohio State. I was an Ohio State fan, <laughs> and like, you know, I'm, I arrived with my family, and so at the time I thought UNC made a mistake. They should have picked up my brother. Like. Yeah, yeah. American. Yeah. So uh, I did actually, uh, I want to say UNC did not get further than Ohio State any of the years that uh, that he played. So like I did have some, uh, <laughs> some pride in that. And then uh, as well, um, my first year, my first year working was right after his final four season. And so like everyone knew Ohio State basketball, he was top five. And then um, I think you guys were top 10 the next year. And so like he was always doing well. And then back in college, my brother's an all American. Like I was just proud of him, man. And yeah, yeah nah, <laughs> yeah. a lot of goals and a lot of expectations on him. So, uh, the fact that he was able to accomplish it was a uh, super awesome to see. Yeah. Sure. And then on the flip side, uh, Shannon, what was it like seeing your brother, you know, do all these, these wonderful things with Under Armour, man, and, you know, work, in uh, sports from a, a business side of things. What was that like? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, I think he's inspired me as well as a lot of my teammates just seeing, like, a whole different side of basketball. Because obviously when we get to a gym, we get to arena, they tell us to go put our shoes on and get on the court. So we don't get to mm -hmm. see the other part of what's going on in the world and basically the ends out of it. I mean, like Sean said, he was over there under my wild while I was still in school. So he was explaining to me, a couple of my teammates, what's going on over there and able to, like, give us some like Under Armour gear and just like show us like the whole backside of that. So we were all, we were all interested in it. I mean, I, I know yeah. I was proud of it. And it's kind of like a thing that I'm interested in as well. So like once I get done playing ball, it's definitely a thing I'll be interested in looking into and just trying to follow those footsteps and kind of like get into our marketing uh, world as well. So, I mean, it's a thing that I've always admired about him because he was able to just kind of show me a path in a different way of life. Not the way that we just grew up knowing that basketball is going to be a great thing. It's going to take us so many places, but now we can see how it can take us different places, not only just dribbling the ball, you know. Exactly. That's exactly. Love that. Um, final question: Is there a piece of advice or a quote that you know you got you you guys dad instilled in you and you all and you want to share with the listeners? Mm -hmm. I mean, I one quote. You go first. Yeah. 
Uh, I, I can't, I can't think of really quotes that he uh, instilled in us. I mean, it was more of a way of life where we should mm-hmm. be as young men, as basketball players for me, at least. Um, I always knew that he just wanted us, no matter what we did, he always told me on the basketball court, at least, that if you play hard and you play smart and play aggressive, whatever results happen after that, that's going to be the way it is. You can't control anything else after that. But I kind of took that approach every time I played a game. I don't know if I played my hardest. I played smart and I played aggressive. If we lose the game, we lost the game. I can't go back home and be like, why did I lose the game? It's just after mm-hmm. that, I did what I could do. I could control what I could control. I just left it at that. Mm. Sure. Definitely. Yeah. Nah. <clears throat> um, kind of similar to what he was saying, uh, I think what, my dad said this in one of his like Hall of Fame speeches, but uh, they were asking him like, what was the one thing he was uh, most happy about? Mm-hmm. And he was like, wasn't necessarily just like, being in the Hall of Fame, it's just the recognition of his peers and the respect of his peers. And like, like he grew up with like the Connie Hawkins and like Kareem mm-hmm. Abdul-Jabbar was in his wedding. Like, so like he had some great peers. And so like the fact that all of his peers always had his had a, had him in high standing. Like, I would go to camps, go to All Star games, whatever, and like I would see like the Michael Jordans of the world would look up to my dad. And like when I was at college, like. James Worthy came and found me. He was like, "Oh, you're Charles Scott's son." Like, <laughs> I want to say, like, "Nice to meet you." I came to UNC because of your dad. So, like, getting respect of those around you is something that uh, I think we kind of h- hold our head on. Excuse me, hold our head on. And so, uh, just doing everything the right way, and then because uh, your name is your name is your name, and so uh, you only can go as far as to the name that you create for yourself. So, mm. right by people, and hopefully they'll pay it forward. Love it. Yeah, Love it. That's a great point. But yeah, Bryce, you see they they saying, you know, Mike the GOAT, man. So throw it out there. <laughs> man, I mean, it, anybody that knows me, they know how much I love LeBron. That's why he has to throw that in. But yeah, I, I mean I, You say you're from Chicago too? Exactly. I catch a lot of smoke for being from Chicago and loving LeBron, but I mean I didn't I didn't to be fair, I didn't grow up watching Mike play. He won That's his right. last championship the year I was born, so uh, yeah, yeah, but no man, excuse, I still being in Chicago, you gotta you gotta read read the room out there. I mean, you probably gonna bring that up. Honestly, I know a lot of guys in Chicago, and they'll never, not a single one, that will say LeBron is the goat. But man, yeah, I mean, uh, speaking of guys from Chicago, I I, I know that you brought up uh, Sam earlier. He was uh he was he played for our AAU organization mm-hmm. when we were younger, so that was one of the guys I looked up to growing yeah. up. Yeah, yep, yep. Okay, yeah. Okay, what uh, which team was that? Mac Urban Fire. Okay, Mac Urban. All right, yeah. yeah so yeah. we we played we played them a few times in uh EYBL. First time we played them, they uh they smacked us bad because we got yeah. kind of caught up. They brought out a whole dunk contest when we played them the first time. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how many guys they have flying out there, but it was like, yeah. like six or seven of them. So we were at half court just watching them warm up during our warm up, and then we got yelled at obviously. But no, they were they were definitely known for that that. Pre-game dunk contest they used That's to have. Sure. Yeah, yeah, remember yeah. that. What what AAU team you was playing with, Shannon? For the in the UIBL? This, this team is called Southern Kings. They don't have a team anymore. I heard oh, they okay. got. I heard eventually they kind of. I guess Southern Stampede might have taken over that Southern Stampede, that route for the yeah. for them. But I mean, it was Southern Kings, so I think it lasted about three four years in yeah. UIBL. Okay, okay. Hey, nothing like Peace Jam, man. Sorry, sorry, sorry Sean, but. Oh yeah, <laughs> no. I mean, like, thing, like you you learn from experience, and so growing up, going to Peach Jam, like when I got to Under Armour, I'm like, look, 
this is a standard that's been set like for the finals. Like we gotta mm-hmm. do X, Y, and Z. Like yeah. they had that peace jam. Like if you want the best players, like we gotta do it. So now I'm, yeah. I I everything's a learning experience. And so I definitely valued his years on EYBL and that peach jam, the uh like the post game meals, like mm-hmm. what more can yeah. as a player? Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, crazy. Yeah, you, you get a player free food, and at that age, it's it's over. Every <laughs> year, that's a fact. That's a but nah, fact. you ain't doing their thing, man. With you know the, the the league and everything, you guys have a lot of talent. You know, of course, Under Armour has a lot of talent every year. So, oh, yeah, yep. oh, yeah. Matter of our share number one picks uh, with Cat, DeAndre, and Markel. So, uh, oh, watch out, <laughs> Anthony Edwards up next. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Got you. But man, thank you guys for coming on. Yeah, yeah. Really appreciate this. I don't know. Appreciate, yeah, appreciate y'all having us for real. Yeah.